Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. Two legs of the FedEx Cup playoffs, PGA Tour playoffs, are through. And what a performance today at Medina Golf Club in Chicago by Justin Thomas. He blew away the field, and that's the one thing that's so exciting about this young man. It's his 10th PGA Tour win in five years. He's already won the FedEx Cup a couple of years ago. He's got the lead going into Eastlake next week. But you just can't deny the talent and the determination that Justin Thomas has. He's, he's tough. He's Raymond Floyd tough. Paul Azinger tough. Curtis Strange tough. Kevin, Kevin Kisner tough. Tiger Woods tough. Whenever he is pushed, he seems to respond. I think about the putt he made on 12 today. Patrick Cantley was making a run. I think he was within two or maybe three, had a chance for a two-shot swing if Cantley made birdie and Justin Thomas, who missed the fairway, had about a 15-footer for par. If Cantley makes and Thomas misses, I think it's a one-shot lead, but Cantley missed and JT buried his putt for a par. And it just it's that type of stuff that really helps you to stand out in this really crowded world of talented golfers. So many players can win each week on the PJ Tour and really on any tour around the world. So congratulations to Justin Thomas. I'm, I'm just so impressed whenever I watch him play. He's going into Eastlake now with the new FedEx Cup playoff format. He goes in next week with a two-shot lead. It's kind of interesting. Check it out. But Justin's going to go in starting the week at minus 10. He's going to start the week 10 under par, and then it graduates down all the way to the last place, uh, which is, I think, Jason Kokrak or Lucas Glover are 20, 29, and 30. They're starting the week even par. So you can see that with four rounds to go, Justin Thomas has a 10-shot lead over last place, but he only has a two-shot lead over second place, which I believe is Patrick Cantley. Cantley goes off at eight under. So pretty exciting heading to East Lake next week. Also, I'll be in Atlanta for the Payne Stewart Award on Tuesday night. Congratulations to my good friend and my former locker partner, Hale Irwin, as you can figure it out, H-I-J, Irwin and Jacobson. We spent a lot of time together, and I learned a lot of great things from Hale. He's a, he's a wonderful guy, great player, and uh, well, really deserving of the Payne Stewart Award for this year. As we head to Eastlake, we do know one thing. The eight automatic qualifiers for both the United States and the International President's Cup teams are set. There was no movement in the top eight for the United States. Patrick Cantlay, uh, on the strength of his second place finish at the BMW Championship, went from eighth to fourth. But the top eight basically stayed the same. The United States team, the top eight that automatically qualified, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, Matt Kuchar, Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, and Bryson DeChambeau. Now that is a very strong team. Captain Tiger Woods will have four captain's picks sometime in early November, so you know that he's going to be watching the play of those players that he has an eye on for those four spots. Just as a reminder, the President's Cup will be held in December down in Australia at Royal Melbourne Golf Club, December 9th to the 15th. Now, Captain Ernie Els of the international squad, his top eight are also set. 
Those eight are Mark Leishman, Louis Oosthuizen, Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, Abraham Answer from Mexico, very exciting young player, Tong Lee from China, Cameron Smith, and C.T. Pan. Now, two players that, that missed that I really am interested in keeping my eye on, obviously Jason Day, the major champion. I think, I think no matter what, Ernie will pick him just because of his experience and uh, his familiarity with, with his home country in Australia and also his familiarity with the American players. And a young player who just missed the top eight for the international team, he's from Thailand. I think he pretty much burst onto the scene earlier this year, and everyone was kind of making fun of his name. But boy, oh boy, you can't make fun of his golf game or his golf swing. But his name, it's a, it's a mouthful. It's Jazz Jane Watananan. Jazz Jane Watananan. It's a crazy name. You got to go, you got to say it 10 or 12 times to be able to get it. But I've watched him play. I love his golf swing, and I, I, I think he's going to be a, a really big player on the world stage in the next five to eight years. But those are just two names, and Ernie, like Tiger, has four picks sometime in November. Players that he'll be looking at, Justin Harding, Sunjay M., who's probably going to be the PJ Tour Rookie of the Year, Sung Kang, Ben An, Siwoo Kim, Emiliano Grillo, Adam Hadwin from, from Canada, who's really becoming a really strong player, and Jonathan Vegas. Jonathan Vegas is down to number 27 on that list, so that's going to be quite a stretch to be able to reach down that far, but he could do it. Jonathan Vegas has got some great international experience, and he's a heck of a player, so going to be interesting to watch those four picks for each Tiger Woods of the U.S. and Ernie Els of the international team these next two months. So I'm excited to see how the Tour Championship unfolds this coming weekend to see how the new PGA Tour playoff format works. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have one winner instead of, in the past, possibly having two on the stage with the commissioner, the winner of the Tour Championship and the winner of the FedEx Cup. Coming up on this podcast, I'm going to talk to my daughters Kristen and Amy, talk a little bit about Golden Tea, the great game I got involved with years ago, and also going to have a little piece about where the characters are in the game today. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. People ask me all the time now, when I play in an outing or a tournament or just with friends, why do I play a yellow ball? Well, it's pretty simple, really, because I can see it. I can see the ball in flight all the way from the tee down to the landing spot, whether that's the fairway or, yeah, a fairway bunker. At my age now, I lose the white ball in flight. When Strixon first started making the Z-Star yellow ball, and they put it in my locker, it was to hand out to my amateur partners in the Pro-Am. And I was thinking, I'm not going to play this ball. I'm going to play the white ball. But when they put it in play, I could see their ball. And I immediately thought, what in the heck? I could see that ball. And believe me, when you lose sight of the ball in flight and you don't know where it lands, it kind of takes a little bit of the fun away. So what I did right then, I switched to the yellow ball. I started playing it in the pro-ams and eventually I started playing it in the tournament. Whenever you switch to a new ball, you're always worried about how that ball is going to fit in with what you do, how it affects your game. 
And I play it because it does everything I need it to do. I always think about proper spin, the proper trajectory, and the maneuverability of the shot. With the Strixon Z-Star yellow ball, I can curve it left to right, hit it high or low, and it has that perfect amount of spin that I need for my game. It's been about 10 years now since I put that ball in play, and I've never looked back. It's yellow for me for the rest of my career. I got my PGA Tour card in 1976 in December and started on tour in 1977. And immediately I was drawn to those characters of the game. I was I was drawn to Arnold Palmer, obviously, because of his charisma and his magnetism and the way that he was, was so good with the people and all the fans in the crowd. But I loved Lee Trevino and I loved Chi-Chi and Sam Sneed. Sam was a great storyteller. So was Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe, one of the great storytellers of my time. In fact, whenever we had rainouts, we would all go in the locker room and find Jim Thorpe because we knew he was telling the best stories and the funniest, uh, the funniest tales during that rainout. But people always say, where are the characters of today? And, and the best way I can answer it is that the tour is different. The tour is big business now. Back when we played, there there was money. There was there was some good money to play for, but the stakes weren't as high as they are now. When you've got the FedEx Cup and you can win $10, 15000000 million by winning the FedEx Cup and you've got purses all over a million dollars now, you can have one or two, maybe three good years and be set for life. Back when I started, you really had to have a good five to seven-year run to call yourself a successful tour player because the money wasn't what it is today. Not complaining about it. It was still great money, but it wasn't the instant millionaire as it is today. But there are some characters out there today. Uh, Obviously, you look at Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson's now on Instagram and on Twitter. And I don't know if you follow him, but I do. And he is hilarious. He's got his fireside chat with Phil or but he's hilarious, and he loves to talk about his calves. Um, that That's probably a completely different story we should talk about. But if you don't follow Phil Mickelson on Twitter or on Instagram, you should. He is hilarious with his, with his comments and his videos and his fireside chats with Phil. Matt Kuchar is also another, another player who loves practical jokes. And uh, he's always always a great storyteller, and he's always pulling a a fast one on somebody. But guys that I really think uh, bring a lot of humor to the game, Henrik Stenson, the Swede, the stoic Swede, everybody thinks, oh gosh, he looks like he's pretty mean and tough. He's got the driest sense of humor, and if you haven't heard him do a post-round press conference, uh, it's something you can't miss. He's just hilarious. Graham McDowell, I think Graham McDowell has probably got a career in television because He's, a, he's an amazing personality, great storyteller, very friendly, very smart. And I think he's probably, when he's done with his career, he's going to do television. Same with Wesley Bryan, young player on the tour from South Carolina. He won the 2017 RBC Heritage Classic. Well-spoken, very funny, great sense of humor. Ricky Fowler, we all know Ricky. Ricky is so so kind to just about anybody, whether you're a volunteer, you're a fan, you're a tournament official, 
He's always he's always taking his time. Jason Day, John Rahm are great people. Harold Varner III, he is a bright personality who's, I think, going to win a bunch of tournaments. He's got a very solid game, but he's got a bright smile, and I think he's going to be one of the one of the popular players in the next 10 to 15 years on tour. Certainly Kevin Kisner. Kevin always kids me. He caddied for me once when I was playing in an outing. He was a junior player, and he caddied for me. And he came up, introduced himself to me a few years ago, and he said, he said, Mr. Jacobson, do you remember me, Kevin Kisner? And I said, no, Kevin, where did I meet you? He said, I caddied for you in the, I think it was the Hootie and the Blowfish Monday after the Masters Pro-Am. And I said, wow, I don't remember that. And I said, did I pay you? He said, pay me? You gave me a $100 bill. I thought you were the greatest thing in the world at that time. So at least I made it, I made his day. Bryson DeChambeau, another young man I've known since he was about eight or nine years old. We used to do an event down in Fresno, California called the Save Mart Shootout. And Bryson back then was a young junior. We'd get him up to hit some shots and hit some balls. And he was always entertaining. And now they call him the mad scientist, the mad professor uh, with all his calculations. But he's a wonderful guy. And Bubba Watson, you can't forget Bubba. Bubba is very entertaining and always a lot of fun. He and his caddy, Ted Scott, are now on Instagram and Twitter. And you can always see some some funny things that they're doing. And I can't forget my buddy, Russell Henley, who is a guitar player like me. In fact, we had the chance to get up on stage with a legendary guitarist and performer, Keith Urban, in Providence, Rhode Island at the CVS Charity Classic. We got up and played guitar with Keith, which was which was incredible. So I think if you dive a little bit deeper, maybe these characters aren't as gregarious or open or as... Uh, as much of a storyteller like a Trevino or a Fuzzy Zeller, uh, like they were in the old days. But there are so many great, entertaining, and interesting young players on tour today. You just have to find them. You just have to search them out. You know, I've been a pretty good ball striker my whole career, and I think one of the strengths of my game has been my driving. I've been pretty good off the tee. I hit a lot of fairways. But I always know that my first drive of the day is going to be a good one in comfort, luxury, and in style because I'm going to and from the golf course in my Lexus GX460. I've been a brand ambassador of Lexus now for over 30 years, and in my opinion, it's the best vehicle on the road today. Now, I may have had a few body parts replaced over the years, but that's just in my 65-year-old body. My Lexus needs nothing but routine maintenance, and that's just the way I like it. Oh, no.
One of my favorite stories from life on the road as a PGA Tour family involved my oldest daughter, Amy, and my middle child, my middle daughter, Kristen. And they joined me right now to talk about what happened when they were out one night and Amy was at Syracuse University, Kristen was at NYU, and I believe you were in a bar somewhere. Is this? We were in a bar. We were actually in Portland though. We were not in New York. We've heard you tell this story before and we don't correct you, but now that you've got the actual sources here to set this to set the story straight, we'll tell the right hey, story. Hey, father knows best. <laughs> Am I wrong in that we weren't in college? We might have even been in high school. I think I was in college and you were a senior in high school. Right. So Somehow, the appropriate age to be in a bar. False identification might have been a factor. I cannot confirm or deny that. I will not name the name of the bar just to protect just to protect the innocent. Wait a minute, you guys are destroying my image of you being wonderful young women. I'm concerned. Kristen and I went out one night and we went to a bar in downtown Portland, a kind of a hole in the wall divey place. We go inside, we order some beers, and we sat down at this table together with our beers. How'd you get in? False identification. False identification. Fake ID, Dad. Fake ID. That we bought illegally as children. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm about to faint. So we go into this bar. We get some beers. We sit down at a table and we looked at each other, right? Panicked. No, I thought we looked at each other like we did it. Oh, oh, before we heard dad's voice. Before we heard dad's voice. (laughs) Then at first it was like a win-win because our our fake IDs were terrible. They were Awful. They were, they were so bad. This they is... definitely knew they were fake IDs. They just wanted to get our money for the beer. They couldn't right. care less. It was a dive. This bar. was before barcodes and holograms. This yes. was lamination I mean, days. Probably where 1998. You, people were making these fake IDs for us in their garages. I don't know. So we sit down at the table and we were extremely excited that we made it through and we got actual beers and we sat down to start drinking these beers. And all of a sudden we hear from behind us, Hi, Hi, I'm Peter Peter Jacobson. Jacobson. (laughs) And we both hit the floor under the table. Absolute panic and terror. Absolute terror. Because we thought that you, because you were in town. You were in town in Portland. And we thought that you had followed us to this bar or you found us at this bar. Oh, and I just walk in and I make a pronouncement. Hi, I'm Peter Jacobson. I heard your irrational voice. thinking Irrat- of children. We 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 just were we on thought edge. We were going to jail, and we heard, "Hi, I'm Peter Jacobson," and we hit the deck, and then all of a sudden we realized that we just sat by a golden tea machine. And, and I would like to clarify: when Amy says we hit the deck, she literally means that we dove under the table. <laughs> we went and hid under the table so that you wouldn't see us in the bar, and then people around us were staring. And we had to come crawl back out of the table. And I don't think we stayed much longer at that I bar after that embarrassing situation. Because we were very embarrassed and we had called a lot of attention to ourselves. And we our hearts were racing because still, for whatever reason, it felt like a close call. Well, do you think like, if, I, if, I, if I found my daughters in a bar, underage with fake ID, I'd enter the bar and make a announcement like I'm doing a clinic? Hi, I'm Peter <laughs> Jacobson and welcome to the clinic. I would have been all over I mean, you Dad, guys. Dad, we don't know your life. You could do those things. You could do all kinds of things. <laughs> we, we don't know. That is so funny. So what? the end of this is you got back up on the table. You brushed yourself off. Did you have like gum stuck to your blouses I, in your hair? 
I just, the rest of the story is a blackout in my mind. The rest we were of so the night is a blur. We were embarrassed. We were very high anxiety from that moment on. Our We had lots of adrenaline rushing through our bodies. And I don't even know if we drank our beers. I think we, I think we just left. I think we just left because we were in an absolute state over the fact that we were sitting right next to a golden tea. Maybe it was guilt. Maybe we really felt guilty. Maybe we felt bad and we decided that we shouldn't be using our, our fake IDs and going into bars and... We went home and just well, went to bed. Well, I understand, and I'm glad you left. And I just want to tell you both, even though you're now in your 30s, you're both grounded. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll sneak out anyways. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours? <laughs>